Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Spooky AF. My name is Rob, and I'm, today I'm joined by my co-host Suze. Suze, how are you doing? Hi everybody. Oh, I'm I'm here. I'm 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 re- not ready for the week, like the work week, to begin. But other than that, I'm doing all right. More than fair. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on the same same sort of uh, bandwidth as you. I'm I'm kind of had a good weekend, but uh, for yeah, we're we're recording on a Sunday for for anyone listening. So uh, we're 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 at that point now where I think everyone's minds are starting to drift Monday on, on what's coming. So got the Sunday scaries. The Sunday scaries. That's exactly it. But yeah, I hope everyone is doing well. I actually have a, a very brief update for you, Suze. Um, as you know, okay. I was in I was in France last week at the time of recording yep. and uh mm-hmm. i was in strasbourg for a few days after going to paris my first time in paris paris was lovely by the way it was your first time in paris my first time in paris yeah i uh, oh, wow. am an uncultured swine <laughs> Yeah, so got got all my culture in Paris and then went to Strasbourg for a few days. Uh, but anyone who follows us on Instagram would have seen the the post I made that uh, someone in Strasbourg was just putting up frequent graffiti around the place, just saying aliens exist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was very happy to see that. So I did make a post about it on Instagram for anyone that did see it, um, naturally with the X-Files theme uh, playing in the background as well. Oh, I mean, because you have yeah, to. Yeah, there's nothing else that, that you would play with that. But I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed even getting to Strasbourg and still seeing uh, some spooky things <laughs> Pre- present exactly. everywhere. We, we can't get away from that. Everywhere is the paranormal playground. This is it. Uh, exactly. So uh, it was it was a fun time. And the Aliens Exist graffiti was uh, just the, the cherry on top of, of a lovely trip. But it was literally everywhere. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know why this person chose to do this in Strasbourg but for some reason that was the the place and it was the same like green graffiti can everywhere as well so, oh yeah. yeah amazing per, like appreciate it whoever it was out there uh, <laughs> if you ever listened to this episode I, I loved it I appreciated it thank you for that um, it was actually my <laughs> no, wife that, who that saw it great. initially and she was like you need to take a picture of that and put it on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> she, she supports the pod oh, she, was, she was like you need to take that picture so no it was good but yeah that that that's my my brief little update on on the the, the further paranormal world that exists outside of our, our offices i have um i have a brief pop culture update i i would yes please i would like to share with you and get your feedback because i am internally screaming okay. um so i found so i've so as you know the dune part two is coming out yes. soon which I'm like fucking delighted about because I'm I love that book. Yep. My mom used to read it to me. It's one of my favorites. Um, uh, so that's that's great. Very excited about that. But I then found out the date for the and it's really close to my birthday okay. of the release for um, uh, Beetlejuice two. Oh, okay, interesting. Which is be which the title is Beetlejuice Beetlejuice. Yeah. Flawless title. <laughs> Flawless title. I am. I know nothing about it. I am like. It could be like. So Beetlejuice is my favorite film. Um, for those for for the audience that doesn't know, um, I it could be terrible. Like it could be horrendous. However, like I am so excited for it to maybe not be. Yep. More than fair. <laughs> like I'm gonna a hundred percent gonna go see it in the cinema for once. And like it's yeah. I just. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It, it, like, it's gonna be great. I think it's one of those films that I think you need to go into it planning to be disappointed. Yes. And well, because like it'll only get. How do you how there. do you perfect like how do you move like how do you do something better than the original? <laughs> like, yeah. Um. Like it's original cast as well, isn't it? Like it's so. Yes, it's almost all the original cast. Plus, I think Jenna Ortega is in it, which brilliant. I mean makes sense. Yeah. After her turn as Wednesday Adams, yeah. but she was brilliant, by the way. Uh, and it, like she's. Oh yeah. yeah. No, that's. I didn't actually realize it was that soon. It was coming out. So no, that's great. Yeah, I think so. It's coming out in June sometime. Um, And then the other thing I'm very excited about was that like, so obviously the Super Bowl was like recently and I couldn't care less. I don't know. I didn't know who was playing. Didn't care. Um, And the delightful thing is now that I don't live in the United States, I didn't have to hear about it. But um, the the thing I am interested is that they premiered the trailer for the, the Wicked movie, like the musical. Oh, did they? I didn't realize that. They did. You will absolutely have to go watch the teaser trailer. Um, it's got Ariana Grande starring as Glinda the Good oh, Witch. Jesus. Okay. I know. But, like, they've clearly poured a lot of money into it. And, like, watching it, all I could do was, like, internally scream and cry like a 14-year-old. Fair. More than that. I was I just like, that. oh my god, Defy Gravity! <laughs> like, my husband was like, that was a that was a minute-long trailer and you are, like, visibly, like, shaken. Yeah. 
more than that. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I highly recommend that. Those are my that's my little like pop culture window of Seuss's interests. Yep. Like you should go watch. Oh, lo, last thing, are you watching? I don't know if we've talked about this. We may have talked about this. Are you watching True Detective? No, I haven't because I have a reason. <sighs> because True Detective is one of those shows that I need to watch every episode in a go. Mm. I can't deal with the stress of waiting <laughs> for new episodes to come out. Oh, and it is stressful. Yeah, I, I, like, oh, I know. <laughs> every other season has been so, uh, so far, so I've made the decision this time to wait. And, we are wa- yeah, yeah we're, we're watching it as it goes. And so like this, for those of you who don't know, this new season is called True Detective Night Country and takes place in like northern Alaska where they're like three days in. It starts when they're three days into sort of the season of all day night. Yep. And um, it's got Jodie Foster in it, who is like... Brilliant. Jesus Christ, brilliant. Like, that woman. Yeah. She's incredible. Also, she's like 61. Fuck off. Her body is, is insane. Oh, yeah. Like, oh my I God. Like, insane. Oh, yeah. We we actually stopped at one point. We are like, the audacity of that woman to look that good yeah, at that age. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, I think it's brilliant so far. It's really complex, like, very much in the line of the other True Detective seasons that are good. So basically all of them except for two. Yeah, two was painful to watch. I, I was concerned when when two came out that it was uh, gonna be the end of True Detective, but I'm I'm glad they pushed on. Through. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we I so I had seen one roughly when it came out, and then it wasn't until this past like my husband and I started kind of rewatching them in over the summer. Yeah, and we started we restarted with one because we hadn't seen one in ages, and we were like, oh god, that was brilliant. And then we watched two because neither one of us had seen two, and we were like, that was horrendous. Even though it had like I I love. Rachel McAdams yep. and like Colin Farrell's a good actor as well and then but I was just like the writing on this is terrible I, I think that's it with that show is that it wasn't actually like there wasn't anything bad about it apart from the writing <laughs> so yeah oh yeah one final thing you mentioned Dune oh yeah have you seen the popcorn bucket oh I've seen it because you sent it to oh, me did I <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah you were like you were like I've seen this now you two have to Fair. see two, two Zeus. Yeah. I was like oh god yeah. That's, um, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want one just. To, I know. <laughs> just to have. I know. <laughs> you are. When I think of like, I just associate you with Dune. Like that's that's in my head. Oh yeah. It's like the, that's a serious thing. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. It's one of my favorite novels. Yeah. But like, I think that like, if it's so basically, listeners, if any of you have like don't know what we're talking about, Google like Dune to popcorn bucket, and you will be treated to. You'll be treated to like some. I, I have to imagine somebody got yelled at for that. <laughs> Or, or <laughs> like, they were going to applaud it for it because of the, the meme that it's become. True. Yeah. Very true. So we'll never know, though. And that's okay. No, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't either of us. No. Uh, that, so. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, I'm glad we both had some some good updates and some, uh, yep. some, some good little pop culture updates as well before we get into this case. Yeah. Uh, I this case I'm very excited for it's a famous enough case uh, to be fair but it's also it's one that I've been kind of it's, it's been sitting in the back of my mind for a while that I, I wanted to, do, to to cover it so it's a it's a classic spooky story as well so you know see when you message that to me because we we tried like all right listeners we try not to like reveal what we're doing to each other before we start recording just to keep up the like potential surprise factor yeah. um and yeah so all you said were like you're excited it was like a it was a classic spooky story and i was like oh god like that's that that is that is good because we've kind of been doing some like weird and wacky ones so yes. it, it'll be good to get back to our roots yeah. yeah we we do try to keep the surprise uh with each other there is inevitably going to come a point one week when we sit down to record where both of us will have decided on the same episode oh oh god oh, well that will that will actually just be hilarious that will be hilarious <laughs> like... that might ultimately end up just being a special episode where we acknowledge it's like it's finally happened <laughs> yes we both just and we just do one it. like we just do one mega episode where both of us like talk about yeah. it so that that might be oh it could be a two-parter yeah. like and that'll be the two episodes yeah, yeah. it'll yeah. work so well but it, it is inevitably going to happen someday it, it could take a year it could take six years it could be next week <laughs> yes yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see for when that happens. But, uh, thankfully, no, today I know for a fact that, uh, this is not the case because we've already recorded your episode, so. <laughs> oh God, yeah. yeah, and that was wild. So, uh, my episode today, uh, takes place in England in the late 1960s and the early 1970s in a town called Pontefract. 
I, okay. Have you heard of the town of Pontefract? I have heard of the town of Pontefract. Excellent. I think I am very vaguely familiar with this case, but I, Excellent. I I will leave it to you. So the case today that I'm talking about is the, the Black Monk of Pontefract. This is a name given to a poltergeist that allegedly haunted a house, number 30 East Drive in Pontefract, England, in the late 1960s and the early 1970s. Have you heard of this this case? Is? I don't. I don't think I've actually heard of the case. Like I've heard of the like I've heard of the name Pontefract before, but honestly, I, when you said the time period. I was a little, I was a little concerned, not concerned, but I was just like, oh my God, this is, I was trying to remember when Enfield happened no. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, is he breaking out Enfield haunting? Oh my God. No, 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 no. <laughs> en- Enfield haunting, that will be a text to you saying, by the way, I'm thinking about covering Enfield. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have a conversation about yeah. it. Uh, Enfield is definitely a much bigger story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, 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 no. Uh, Enfield, uh, Enfield it will be a, a much later in, in the run of this podcast episode, I think. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, so yes, I have heard of Pontefract. I have not heard of the Black Monk. Excellent. That's good to know. So, the Black Monk of Pontefract, as I said, was a poltergeist, allegedly haunted this house in the, the late 60s, early 70s. And the as all things with uh, poltergeists go, there are some, um, you know, distressing stories and things like that. I won't be focusing mm-hmm. in on them. I'm just going to like glance over them. I'll mention them, but you know, that's not what this podcast is about. I'll just glance over nope. certain things. Um, and we get to do that because it's our podcast. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, I'm conscious of that. So I will glance over it. What do you know about poltergeists, actually, before before we start? Do, do you know much about them? Yeah, yes and no. I guess I'm, I might have what one might say is a general knowledge of poltergeists for someone who's, like, interested in horror and the supernatural. Yeah. So, for my, like, a quick view of what I think of as a poltergeist. So, like, my first introduction to poltergeist was the film Poltergeist. Classic. Great entrance um, into the so, world of poltergeist. Oh, yeah, and I saw that film way too young. I think um, most people have, to be fair. Most people of a certain yeah. generation saw that way too young. Myself, too young. It, it leaves a mark. And, like, the, and, and so you think of the, like, to me, poltergeists are the kind of, unlike, like, the, like, ghosts, like, the white, like, a gray lady or something, like, poltergeists are, like, that, that scene in Poltergeist when she, like, turns around and then all the chairs are stacked up on the table and yep. shit. And, like, you know, like, plates are flying around the room and yep. all that. And, the, and But then and then you've also got, like, Peeves and Harry Potter, who is, like, like mainly known for being, like, mischievous and throwing shit. Like, so you, you think, I think of, like, things being thrown around and, and like, yep. vaguely threatening. Well, you've pretty much knocked it on the head. Like, that that's okay. effectively... What a poltergeist is. Very, very glad that you use the term mischievous as well, um, mm. because that is what they are mostly known for. So, for anyone that doesn't know, poltergeist is a German word. Uh, they come from German folklore, oh. and the the meaning or the the word poltergeist it like it means rumbling ghost or noisy spirit. Um, On the nose, as German often tends to be. Uh, exactly. The, the, you gotta love the Germans for that. Like they're very just direct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And as it's a type of ghost or a spirit, and it's responsible for physical disturbances such as loud noises, objects being moved or destroyed, we've already covered it with plates, chairs being stacked, all that sort of thing, and basically just being kind of initially a mischievous sort of spirit, mm-hmm. and then it then kind of moves on. Then there's so there's kind of this like classification for like hauntings that I've seen online, and it's like there's like different stages of poltergeist hauntings. So it'll initially Amazing. start with like noise noises or scratching and things like that and then it moves to like things being moved and then it kind of progresses further then to like physical interactions with people so it kind of comes out in like pinching or biting or hitting or scratching or something like that mm-hmm. um or like tripping people up and then it can like progress further then to like actually making like like hearing a voice and things so so does this kind of can i ask questions like does this kind of overlap with the because i know like very commonly when you hear like certain um accounts of like being in a, in a house that's supposed to be like possessed or something like you know like people getting those like suddenly having like three long scratches down their back or something yeah uh, would that be kind of like a phase of poltergeist activity yeah yeah so poltergeists okay. are generally like associated with yeah that there's that kind of like escalation of hauntings that it does get to an eventual point where they'll like attack people so um, are they demons no so okay they are ghosts 
that that's the, the, the they are I, I, they're inherently a ghost from what I okay. understand and right, cool. yeah so there's that various things and then there's you know uh, all sorts of stories about poltergeists that we all know and, and the various things that they can do you know they can levitate objects furniture cutlery um there's also things that are associated with poltergeists as well are also like bad smells or like noises like knocking on doors or like as i said like horrific smells in in rooms and things like that okay so there's like multiple signs that poltergeists are are about and doing things um and then they're really an attack on the senses yeah exactly and then in a more kind of like modern side of poltergeists that's uh, kind of come out more in the 20th century is that they also interfere with like electrical objects Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Lights will flicker. Or in the case of uh, alleged poltergeist uh, in Wales in the 80s, um, there was like uh, this family's like electricity bills were like really, really high and they couldn't understand why. And basically it was like they were putting it down to like a poltergeist activity. But like when I say their electricity bills were high, their electricity bills were like thousands of pounds a month. It was like the equivalent of like, like. it was the equivalent of like multiple houses worth of energy being used sort of thing so poltergeist that's just yeah. I, I have so many like that that okay number one like how pissed off would you be like sure. holy shit like i would grab a poltergeist by by its metaphysical neck and ring it oh yeah um but then uh, but then like of course when you said electricity build the first thing i thought was well if they only knew about the alaskan triangle <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Older guys can they can do whatever they want with electricity then if they yeah. knew about the Alaskan Triangle. Exactly. For anyone who doesn't know what we're known about, go listen to that <laughs> episode. And then I suppose the more kind of sinister thing about poltergeist then, obviously, apart from the the punching and biting and hitting and all that sort of thing, is that there's a collective agreement as well that poltergeists are generally drawn to older children slash early teenage uh, years victims, I suppose, is the the way to describe them. So children who are between the age of like 11 or 12 up to 18, 19 years of of age, basically. Well, that lines up with... With, like a lot of horror films including it does, yeah so there's multiple theories around that and and uh I-, I won't get into all of them today but basically it's like the accepted theory if you're believing in poltergeists is that people who are of that age they're generally a little bit more kind of like fragile mentally because they're going mm-hmm. through like um puberty and things like that and everything's changing for them so you know they're already feeling out of sorts they're not really kind of they're, they're just a bit, bit more vulnerable i suppose mentally and and they're basically like a a target for poltergeist then as a result because they're easier effectively to, to target so yeah because they're like they're on like a a, a a theoretical like threshold of their lives and so like i guess that can be kind of used as a metaphor for being like on the threshold between like being in the world exactly. and not being in the world which is kind of where poltergeists exactly. operate so it, it's an, an interesting um interesting idea and and it's unfortunately relevant today to today's case as well that that kind of focus on younger people okay and then just finally then on, on kind of like as i was getting into like the history of poltergeists and things like that there's been recorded occurrences of poltergeists in like multiple cultures and countries mm-hmm. so there's basically recorded stories like multiple recorded stories from like australia this from brazil obviously the us japan china korea vietnam most of southeast asia actually pretty much the majority of like european nations as well and allegedly Mm -hmm. the first recorded case of a poltergeist actually dates back to the first century so these lads these lads have been around for quite a while just getting up to all sorts of shenanigans so they're 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 very much around but yeah i just wanted to touch on the history of them and they're kind of the the classic i suppose uh signs of poltergeist activity Mm mm-hmm before we get into this that's quite a history yeah yeah they're they're an interesting interesting spooky entity you know the, and and they're the, for me i don't know why i find the idea of a poltergeist actually like obviously terrifying but also like i find them quite sad i don't know why i think it's more it's just because they target like younger people and younger people are more vulnerable and things like that and it, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just sad you know especially with some of the stories yeah but yes we're done now. Summarizing poltergeists. <laughs> as I said, today's case is on the Black Monk of Pontefract. And yeah, this this happened, as I said, in the late 60s, early 70s in, in England. And specifically in a house, number 30 East Drive. And mm-hmm. uh, at the time, the house was occupied by the Pritchard family. And it consisted of Joe and Jean, their son Philip, and their daughter Diane. And according to their accounts, some kind of activity started happening in their house sometime in the late 60s 
and it kind of manifested as various phenomena. So it initially started off, and this is basically a checklist for <laughs> poltergeist activity, as I said. Knocking sounds, scratching, just bumps in the night, I suppose is the best way to describe it. Thumps and things like that. Yep. Objects then started moving about the house. Plates started getting smashed. Things like that started happening. It's always the plates. They're, they're very against like cutlery. They're, they're not a fan of, of cutlery. Um, I, and you know, look, I respect it. You know, it's they 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 really just don't like it, and they're sticking to it. Are all I mean, are all pot- are all poltergeists like partaking in like what is it in Greek culture where you smash the plates? <laughs> yes, basically, that, 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 that must be it. I'm, I'm assuming that that's where it comes from. They're they're yeah. all ancient Greek <laughs> coasts. <laughs> That, that that that's a bold theory we're putting out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this has been my TED talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, flying objects, puddles of water uh, appearing in the house as well, uh, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Foul smells, the classic cold spots, Ooh. and then electrical malfunctions. Right. So really, just a, a checklist. Uh, if you had a, a bingo card, basically of uh, all things poltergeist activity, someone definitely would have got bingo there. Whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how it all initially started, and then the poltergeist then also reportedly escalated things, and there were stories of family members being attacked, and unfortunately, as I said earlier, kids are a focus, and their daughter Diane was kind of the focal point, or, or the focus. I suppose for for a lot of these things and I, I will get into that at some point um, right. <laughs> touching on it briefly so yeah as, as I said this kind of spirit started happening like interactions started happening in the house the family kind of just I think initially they didn't really know how to deal with this sort of thing as most families I assume would kind of were a bit uncertain about it I think they kind of in a classic I suppose classic British manner kind of just put up with it and lived with it for a while stiff upper lip like yeah basically just... yeah yeah and just kind of just just, just went on with it at some point though the these things they went too far and the poltergeist allegedly started attacking the family members like pushing them shoving them scratching them mm-hmm. and it kind of culminated then in uh diane the the daughter being dragged up the stairs by an, oh, by an invisible force um so being dragged backwards up the stairs and the the attack basically left her with visible marks on her neck afterwards i mean that that would be like if that were in a horror film that would be one of like the climaxes of the film would be like a young girl like being by an invi- like how terrifying it would be to watch someone be dragged up the stairs by something you can't see oh yeah yeah 100% so yeah that that's kind of when things started like they started then panicking like okay shit there's like a genuine like something's going on here yeah so uh other things that happened in the house after this then or sorry just just prior to this was apparently a white mist started forming in the living room huh. which started like taking various shapes and then just disappeared Ooh. and then on another occasion then the family returned home to find that their house was filled with chalk dust what and that the uh the dust had basically covered the furniture all of the walls but also inside uh, locked cabinets. Oh, oh no. Oh, okay. I am I am both confused and terrified. Yeah. Oh. The poltergeist then, as I said, would move and throw objects around the house, such as cutlery and plates, ornaments, toys, clothes. And another thing, a, a key thing of poltergeist activity is some objects would just disappear. So things would just go missing and then would reappear at a different time, basically, like much later, like days later, weeks later in different places or outside the house. Mm. So this this kind of, it was just this escalating kind of series of events that just kept occurring. And something that you touched on earlier when you said that you you know that they're kind of mischievous. This mm-hmm. is another thing that poltergeists are known for. So poltergeists, uh, it, there's this kind of, accept the thing that poltergeists seem to have this sense of humor about them or kind of this mischievous side to them and they'd all this this specific ghost would often prank the family so it would like ring the doorbell uh repeatedly or the toilet would just randomly start flushing on its own Mm -hmm. the taps in the house would turn on on their own uh doors would just start locking uh and unlocking uh people would walk into a room and the door would lock behind them that is terrifying Mm -hmm. or like car keys or house keys would go missing okay so lots of activity going on like this shit was just like like unrelentless effectively so after what happened with diane with her being kind of the focus point of this what i mentioned being dragged the pritchards started doing some sort of research into this Mm -hmm. they were looking into it and they at some point came up with the kind of the theory that this was the spirit of a monk 
and that he lived in the area in the 16th century. Okay. And that this specific monk had been hanged for attacking and murdering a young girl. Um, oh, okay. That's this is this is specific. Yeah. So I don't actually know where this theory came from. I, I, so I'm, that's what I'm. I'm like that's it's quite a jump. Yeah. So at least to me. So I I don't know where this theory came from. I don't know where the family got it from. But yeah. there is further background to this. I suppose that. They could have potentially found out in maybe like a local library or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But to the like the background, I suppose, of that theory is that in the area there was an order of Clunaic monks. I, I, maybe I'm not saying it right, but they were known as the Clunaic monks of Pontefract, and they mm-hmm. were a branch of the Benedictine order. And basically, for anyone who doesn't know, the Benedictines follow a very like strict rule in life. Like they're very kind of like they're the classic monk, very strict, very yeah. like following certain rules and that's it they don't kind of venture outside that and these monks this order they established a priory in Pontefract in the 11th century and Mm -hmm. became one of the naturally one of the wealthiest uh, (laughs) things in the area and it also though apparently became one of the most influential monasteries in England okay so as these things go naturally the church was starting to get more influence more power and were you know dictating public policy rules all that sort of stuff this this is heading into i'm like i'm sorry i didn't mean to i was just thinking this is like when you said like oh it's a benedictine uh order like it's a branch of them and all that i was like are we talking about the black tapes Like, I thought we, I thought we agreed we weren't going to talk about that. This is what this whole episode has been. It's like a, a it's been an elaborate ruse. You found out my plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And suddenly we're all blind with rage again. Yeah, I would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> um, no, but I'm thinking like Benedictines, like it's kind of, is, isn't it kind of hilarious that that ended up being the, like the wealthiest thing in the, in the area? Because I'm thinking of like in, like Umberto Echoes, the name of the rose, like isn't it a Benedictine monastery where it's like, they're not allowed to laugh, they're not allowed to read comedy, they're not allowed to like have basically any possessions, they, yeah. like it's quite grim. Yeah, so I think that's the Benedictines, they are very strict in, in certain things. I know there's like the Jesuits as well, kind of take that, uh vow of poverty i think don't they yeah um, yeah but yeah i think the benedictines as well are quite quite strict in, in those sort of things as well like around like owning property and things like that but yeah know, shockingly they uh didn't follow those rules apparently um ah, what, what what do you mean rob i know, I know. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, this became one of the most influential monasteries in England, apparently, um, mm-hmm. and was starting to cause problems for the royal family because... Because it was so wealthy? Because it was so wealthy, and up until a certain point, uh, the royal family were also still Catholic. So right. this was a Catholic, a Catholic order of monks that was effectively one of the most influential monasteries in the country and they were ruling um, with whatever rules that they had and at the top of it all there was a catholic royal family who effectively were being dictated to i suppose or or there was potential that they were being dictated to by this order Mm. and were still obviously answerable to the pope and things like that so uh for anyone that knows english history that that changes (laughs) at a certain point Um, yeah so this specific priory was dissolved by Henry VIII in, fi- in 1539 as part of the dissolution of the monasteries. And uh, not only did he close down the monastery and kind of, you know, end, end its life there, uh, he also decided that most of the monks were also going to be executed. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So they were executed or exiled. And most of their lands and buildings were also seized or confiscated by the crown and then sold to private owners or taken under the ownership of the crown. Right. So, you know, they went from being the big lads on top to all of a sudden most of them were killed or exiled and all mm-hmm. the lands taken. So one of these specific monks, and naturally we don't have any names for any of these uh, monks. One of the monks who apparently had met this kind of, I suppose, tragic end was allegedly the black monk of Pontefract. As I said, he was accused of attacking and then killing a young girl near the priory. So, And this is when he was, he was alive, yes, right? Yes, yeah. So okay. he, I believe this happened after the priory was closed down. Uh, that That's where I, I kind of think that this happened. Mm-hmm. And he was captured, brought to justice and was arrested. And then ultimately he was hanged at a nearby hill, which was later known as Gallows Hill. Oh, classic. Yes, it's just very much so on the head. And then rather than being buried, his body was uh, thrown into a well. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
on me. Apparently then the girl's parents, in a fit of rage, then cursed the well and basically said that the monk is to remain there forever. He doesn't get to have a burial. And yeah, they, they put a right. curse on it. Okay. So somewhere along the line, the Pritchard family found out about the story. Yeah. And they effectively came to the conclusion that the monk's spirit basically remained restless and angry and that he was seeking revenge on the living by haunting the house at 30 East Drive. And okay. that, yeah, he basically was getting up to all shenanigans, basically, as a means of uh, haunting the, the, the living. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know where this theory came from from them. I don't know where they discovered it or how they discovered it, but they discovered it nonetheless. And they decided it was a monk. And then obviously the story about the monk attacking and killing a girl, when they then discovered that Diane, the daughter, was the focus of things, it all made sense to them. So this was the the monk basically. Okay, so sorry, can I clarify something? Is um so the house that they're living in, yeah. the Pritchard family, is that on like the grounds of where the abbey was nope. or the monastery or no okay. Nope. Okay. <laughs> it's it's in the area. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and I, I did see some things online that I didn't include that allegedly the like Gallows Hill that where he was hung uh, allegedly it's across the road from where the the house now is, but I literally saw it mentioned once online and nowhere else. So Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it is. Okay, it just seems like yeah. it just seems like a okay. This is gonna sound. This is gonna sound like a, clearly I have my own framework for how this stuff should work. But I think that like them claiming it's like this black monk from the area and like it's so far in the past, it almost seems like I don't know. It would make more sense if they had been if they had like just. It, it would have made more sense to me if they discovered like oh someone was murdered in the house we're living in like yep. fifty years ago. Yep. No, and like 100%. that that's what's haunting us <laughs> rather than yeah. yeah so yeah i i don't know basically i'm assuming what uh, the, how all these things work it probably is close by or it's like very much so like who area. are we to say who are we to make the rules yeah, here yeah ab- absolutely <laughs> like we we don't know where this guy like died we're not sure like we, we he he could have potentially been you know uh he could have been arrested where the house now is or something like that and that's where his spirit is returning there or something like that or, yeah, yeah yeah so for the, for the sake of the story we'll say yes so yeah we we don't know basically but i'm i'm gonna say for the sake of the story yeah we'll we'll say that the monastery was right there and where he was hung was directly across the road as well and you know the, the well was probably there as well <laughs> yeah yeah in this like paranormal triangle yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah we, we're willing to we're willing to like bend some rules we thought we yeah, had exactly. <laughs> so um yes yeah, so the pritchards as i said they decided on this and accepted that this was who it was and when they heard about the the girl being attacked and killed that then when their daughter diane was dragged up the stairs they were like this is this is who it is it has to be this this Mm -hmm. this person and then at some point afterwards then once they kind of decided on it being a black monk yeah the poltergeist then started to take on a physical form and they Hmm. claimed that they saw a hooded figure in a black robe uh wandering around the house and okay allegedly it wasn't just seen in the house it was also seen around the neighborhood and this further proved their point that this was the black monk that they they i think once they saw the like the hooded figure and it was like black like dark that's where they, they yeah. coined the term black monk. Okay. Um, but that, that basically like it validated everything that they, they knew. Mm-hmm. And then on top of this then, they claimed that they also found a locket uh, in the house and a psychic medium apparently who came in oh God. told them that the locket belonged to the murdered girl and that the monk left it there for them in the house. Okay, this is almost ticking too many boxes to be believable. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if I were to like, if, if I were to like judge the story on like, do I think it could, like, if I were to believe in the paranormal existing, like, could it be possible? It's almost like, if it, if it were a horror film, it's doing too much. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so naturally, as all these things go, the media heard about it, and the media in the UK in the 60s and 70s loved a good ghost story. They were... Oh, they I were bet. mad for them. They like were the in the fifties and sixties in the UK. There was the like the Battersea Poltergeist was like really famous. Oh God, yeah, that was all over the papers. So then when this came along in the late sixties, early seventies, it was just I think enough time had passed that all of a sudden then another big story kind of ended up in the papers. Mm-hmm. So the Daily Mirror apparently turned up. One of their reporters was there and did a story on it. And then naturally, once the public starts hearing about it and the media starts reporting on it. So 
psychic investigators then started turning <laughs> up as well. Oh, God. So one particular psychic investigator, Tom Cunliffe, I think is his name, he turned up and allegedly claimed that there was a lot of activity there and that the, they were correct in that it was the monk and, 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 and all. Yep. And then ultimately, this culminated in a book being written by the the Daily Mirror reporter, Colin Wilson, and there was also a film that came out of it as well by, by Pat Holden, I think is the name of the director. There's a film? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's any good, mm. but there is a film. So yeah, all of this activity started happening, and yeah, they just... They, it just things just started escalating so as i was saying there was the chalk dust the plates the cutlery the pranks but then at a certain point then the poltergeist apparently started showing signs of intelligence and awareness and it mm. started to respond to the family's questions or requests and it, so they would ask it a Ooh. question and then it would knock on the walls or on the furniture mm-hmm. in some sort of response to them but then they also claimed that it started to seem to like know the names of the family members so they would say like oh um go find diane or like where's diane and then they would like knock near her Ooh. and then it apparently then also started to like track the habits of the family members and their friends so like i don't know what that means uh, i saw it mentioned a few times yeah. online i'm assuming it was just like i don't know because it's the 60s i'm assuming everyone smoked in the house so like it, maybe it was like hiding cigarettes or something like that or i don't know i'm not 100 certain but i did see it mentioned a few times so i thought it was worthy of mentioning it it might have been really like weird and banal like i'm just thinking like oh yeah well like what is it what's the guy's name like john or whatever like takes us takes a morning dump at 8 30 like knock up knock on the bathroom door (laughs) wakes up john (laughs) like like 7 59 being like man you gotta get ready for your shit like (laughs) yeah like your your bowels are moving Unfortunately, as I said, as these things go with poltergeists, things started to escalate and it started to display a more violent and malicious side to it and would start to Mm -hmm. harm the family and their visitors. So it would start to like slap or scratch certain visitors or some people claim that they were getting bitten by it. It would pull them um, so they could be doing something standing in the kitchen and then they get pulled uh, or they get pushed over. And some of these attacks were so physical and so heavy that uh, it actually left visible marks or bruises on multiple people Jesus and yeah it, it just as I said it just kept escalating and escalating and it got to a point where as I said the daughter Diane seemed to be kind of the focus point after a while then mm-hmm. so she claimed that she saw the black monk quite frequently and she was terrified of him she described him as a tall dark figure with a hooded robe and no face Ooh. and the poltergeist at this point then once it started like taking on a physical form it seemed to have a hatred for religious symbols or items so any crosses Not that sure. were in the house or bibles rosaries holy water it would destroy them or defile them in some way or it would apparently start like pouring holy water around and they assumed it was like he was like mocking them basically being like this is no power against me basically mm-hmm. it got to a point then where the family called in a priest and it seemed to be afraid of the priest initially like it kind of backed away it didn't cause any issues the priest apparently blessed the house tried to exercise the spirit but nothing happened the spirit remained and this only seemed to anger the spirit more because after this it took out its anger basically on diane so as i said it then pulled her up the stairs backwards uh leaving marks on her neck and then it then culminated in it tried to strangle diane with an electrical wire oh god so Ooh. apparently she allegedly had an electrical wire pulled around her neck and tried to strangle her. And then at some point then it also set fire to her bed. Oh my God. Yeah. So <laughs> that's wild. The family at this point, naturally completely terrified. They moved out of the house in the late 1970s. That, that, that took them way longer than it Basically was Basically 10 years. Oh yeah, that's way too long. Yeah, so they lived with this for 10 years. And at this point, they said enough is enough, we need to leave. And as these things go, naturally, the poltergeist activity seems to have stopped once they left. Or subsided anyway. Uh, Not stopped entirely, but definitely subsided. And that kind of ended the story there for that part of it. So the house then kind of became this like popular destination for ghost hunters and tourists who would go there trying to like capture like paranormal phenomena. It's all kind of culminated now in the current owner of the house has actually turned it into a museum Mm. and a guest house for people who want to spend a night in the house. Naturally. But naturally you also have to pay for this. Oh, uh, uh, of course you do. So it's like, I I had a, a quick look at it online beforehand. It's 85 quid a night to stay in the house. 
oh, that's not bad. That's no, not too bad. Like, in terms of, like, in terms of how much a hotel, like, in, in like, London or Dublin exactly. costs. <laughs> like... Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, it, it's now turned into this museum ghost hunter kind of area where people go spend the night, do investigations, try to capture images of, of the ghost as, as they've seen it. So, Suze, would you like to see some alleged evidence of the ghost? Oh, you know that I would. <laughs> so, I am going to send you some pictures and you can let me know what you think. So, first picture I've sent to you. Yep. That is allegedly the hand of the monk being caught from around a corner. And people agree that it's either holding rosary beads or it's holding something else in its hand. I'm gonna I'm gonna row them back to the to the boathouse and say that that's not a hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so like the the whatever it's holding is irrelevant because that's not a hand. Fair. That's more than fair. It yeah, it looks like I mean I again I'm fulfilling my role as the as, as Scully here, but like I mean it does it looks like smoke. It does. Um like thick smoke to be yep. fair. Um but yeah, I I remain unconvinced that that is that is something um that that is a hand, like an embodied yep. spirit. No, absolutely. Here's another one which Okay. You can let me know what you think. Uh, wait. What am I looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what have you sent me? <laughs> so allegedly that picture is someone has taken a picture looking into the the hallway and there's a mirror at the end of the stairs and someone said that they took a picture and when they looked at the photo afterwards they saw the image of the black monk basically sitting on the stairs but it's being reflected through the mirror so that's why the because like so dear listeners like so the the mirror that we're seeing is like kind of two-thirds of the way kind of blackened and um there it looks like there could be like if you look at it hard enough there's kind of like a face in it like i i can i can see the argument there um it's a weird photo it's strange it's a bit unsettling to look at but i do agree with you i think it's that kind of pareidolia sort of finding faces where they don't exactly exist apophenia apophenia as well yeah 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 no i like i can like having like being been you know talking about this and being prepped for what i was about to see like i am like i i do see a figure in the mirror but yeah and then finally this is my favorite one this one allegedly shows well i I don't need to tell you what it is you see oh okay (laughs) all right So this allegedly is a full-bodied picture of the black monk right Uh, a shadow picture effectively if if anything like i can see where people like i can see like it the outline of a figure i i I get i get that that could be seen um it looks like it could be like nude yeah it's a little bit unsettling like like, yeah (laughs) like it doesn't look like a hooded figure i think it looks like a like the like the silhouette of a nude body um yeah i would be if i saw that in real life i would be taken aback for sure i i can't like i will say like i can't offer you a explanation for what it is if like in a non-paranormal way i can't tell you absolutely not it's a bit strange yeah it's basically a shadow person standing in a doorway yeah um i'll I'll put these all uh on instagram when the episode goes up so people can see them and let us know what they think but yeah that's um that that's the the pictures there's a few other pictures that i found online nothing as kind of clear i suppose compelling yeah but yeah they're they're kind of the 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 main ones so it's um yeah it's purely it's it's pure commercializing now like it's it's a a place that you can go you can sit in you can stay the night and pay money basically to stay there and do your own investigations i mean don't get me wrong like that sounds like a fun like city break yeah yeah i know that definitely (laughs) But yeah, so the Black Monk has basically like gone down in history. It's effectively considered one of the most violent and terrifying poltergeist cases in the UK. Some people have even taken to comparing it to the Enfield poltergeist and some have also Mm -hmm. compared it to the the Amityville horror. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, okay, so, all right, I have, I have questions and a theory. Okay. Okay, um, question. I'm un okay. I remain unconvinced the like the leap it took to like connect this case of like the monk who was hanged with the haunting in this house. Yeah, I remain unconvinced by the logical conclusion that that was drawn. Yeah, I to be honest with you, I don't know myself on that one. Like, because it it there's kind of this bit of uncertainty. I don't know if it's a case of they thought that they saw 
a figure or something like that and they're like oh okay that's kind of spooky we'll go look into it they looked into it and discovered this and then when they saw the figure again they were like oh that looks like a monk or yeah 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 they, they back they backfilled their like the made the narrative fit yeah they, they reckoned it basically um yes yeah, I, I get um, the feeling that I remain... could be the case, but I don't know. It, it could be a case of they weren't sure about this at all, and then someone said it to them, and then they were like, oh, this has to be it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I also think, like, it is, I, I think one of the creepiest elements for me from the story was the, because it would be, like, kind of the, it would be kind of a turn in a horror film, is if, like, when they came home and everything was covered in chalk dust, and, like, I don't know why, yeah. and they don't know why, and there's, like, marks, like, handprints or whatever on and locked things, like, that is in itself very creepy. Yeah, so the chalk dust one, that one stood out to me as well, because from what I understand, it was all over the walls, all over the cabinets, on the inside of locked cabinets, over the doors, everything. And from what I understand, there wasn't a single handprint or anything anywhere. Ooh, okay. So, like... Uh, that to me I find even kind of almost creepier yeah but yeah that that one I think that was actually kind of the standout one for me as well where I was like it's such a tame thing when you look at everything else that happens but it's so sinister yeah, yeah. I think okay and then I have all right so here's my kind of my like playing playing poltergeist advocate yep. um but no I so I think could it be an issue of or like a similar situation I just think of like when young people are like come out with claims of the paranormal and things like there like could there be an element of and this goes all the way back to the salem witch trials like is there an element of like this is them expressing some other like difficult to process emotion or like their their place in society as being like shifting and potentially oppressed and repressed and all these things so like so like you know the diane maybe clinging on to the experiences that are happening and then like she's saying she's seeing him which i mean like who am i to say she didn't but like uh but the, it being kind of do you know do you know I what i'm getting at i completely agree with you and i'm glad you brought that up actually because uh, the case uh, case i mentioned earlier the battersea poltergeist yeah. the source of that haunting was a teenage girl yeah and she was the, f- the focal point for it as well. Others in the family did experience cer- certain uh, things, but she was the focus point of it. Fire was also an aspect to that as well, I will say. Mm. Diane then is a teenage girl. She's the focus point of this again. And then the Enfield haunting as well, for people who don't know. Again, teenage girls are the, the focus of, of the hauntings there. So... Yeah, because I know there's arguments been made, like, in particular, like, just having, like, been interested in the the occurrence of the Salem Witch Trials, like, that there, there were elements of, like, in that particular case of, you know, it being an expression of, like, this is how women could, like, these young women were, because they were bored, or they were, they were, like, limited in what they could do, and what they could, and so, like, to have agency over their bodies, or their experiences, or what have you, like, there, there are all these, like, social reasons why they could potentially want to be attached to a narrative. I agree with you completely. And I'm not saying it's just teenage girls that do this. It's lads are just... Oh, no, no, no. It's unfortunately, in these cases, teenage girls are the the common denominator in it. But yes, I I think there could be something more to it along those lines. But, you know... So this is the other thing about the poltergeist that I was saying is that poltergeists often target teenagers. That That's kind of the accepted lore of poltergeists and it is a case of they're targeting someone who's particularly like vulnerable mentally and things like that but also you're also targeting teenagers who may feel the need to like act out and you know kind of express themselves or maybe they're getting attention that they're craving Mm -hmm. so you know there is a lot to be said for it as well and the thing is is with it as well and I, i don't know where i read this but i think there's a theory as well that with these certain things the teenagers themselves are equally as terrified because there's this kind of thing where they don't even realize themselves that they're doing it. There's this kind yes. of theory that like they're almost like blacking out while they're doing something. And so they themselves have no memory of, of it as well. So they're equally as terrified by this haunting um, as others. So it, it's definitely something I think that needs to be considered. But, you know, I think there is that. But I, I think the fact that other family members also claim to have seen apparitions, that's mm. the one thing for me that kind of like makes it a bit more of a standout that it's separate that like yeah because in the 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 battersea one for example like i don't think any family members said that they saw any apparitions it was all just activity was happening around them whereas in this family members are saying like no i've literally seen the dude fucking standing there <laughs> like yeah yeah, so, yeah. Um, like it's like it's like in poltergeist when they're like no like she was sucked into the tv and we all yeah, saw exactly. it <laughs> like so 
it, it, but it is something I think that people need to be conscious of. But I think for this one, it's a little bit more of a standout that there's like multiple people have seen this entity. So yeah, it's a bit like it reminds me. I don't know, like maybe just like the vibe of it was very much like the haunting in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very similar. Yeah. Like it, it as like it having a focal point of one member, but like all members kind of experiencing it and there being these various like aspects to it. And I'll, I, I will like I will continue to say like they they committed like the housing market must have been horrendous if like 10 years in they're like, no, we got to keep <laughs> we, we can't leave. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like this is well, I suppose, yeah, 1970s England. They're in like the middle of a horrific recession. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, like they're like, well, this is this is just our lives yeah. now. <laughs> Keep calm and yeah, carry exactly. on. But uh, yeah, that's that is the story of the the Black Monk of Pontefract. It's a bit of a weird one. Like it's kind of lots happened. Yeah, Diane unfortunately was the focus of a lot of it and was yeah strangled with electrical wire, survived, and then her bed was set on fire, as I said. But seems which in the seventies, like I'm sure her bed was made of like pure asbestos, and yeah. so like that would have like went up like went up like yeah, a torch. Naturally. And you know this is ten years later, so she's pro- at the very least she's like her late teens, early twenties at this point. She's probably smoking. Um, realistically. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's it's it is an interesting case. But yeah, the family all did get out of it reasonably unscathed by the same the sound of things, and they all went on to live their lives effectively. So, but it well, and it's interesting because like you hear conflicting. Like I think we've even told conflicting stories in terms of like whether or not like because like I know we mentioned in a previous episode like the whole like paradox uh, or not paradox, but like the whole thing of a haunted house film is like why don't you just leave the house? Exactly. But then there be some stories where like like in Poltergeist where it's like it follows the family yep, exactly rather than just leaving the yep. house so yeah so yeah it's, it's an interesting idea but yeah the, it seems to be stuck in this specific sp- space but interesting all the same but yeah as i said that that's it we're we're uh we've, yeah we've, we've covered the black monk of pontefract i as i said glanced over a few bits and pieces that were just not relevant to the story but uh if anyone is interested in it they should uh definitely look into it further and 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 make up your own your own opinions and do you actually share your thoughts with us on this with us on social media you know you can get in touch with us on instagram let us know what you think and you can also send us an email but i'd love to read a good email from a from a fan actually you can uh, send us an email at the the spooky af pod at gmail.com and yeah you can you can let us know what you think there as well I, i'd love to i'd love to see some theories on this one from people because it does seem pretty divisive online as well like if you go on reddit like you see people they really it's kind of split down the middle uh, in terms of like people believing like buying yeah. into it or saying it was yeah yeah, yeah. i can see that. i'm 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 probably on the side of it. Like, I'm typically generally, like, always on the side of, like, it didn't happen. There was, like, a... There's some kind of explainable yep. reason behind yep. it. Um, but I I do say, like, there... Like I said, with those pictures, like, other than, like, Lynn's aberration, like, I can't really... Nope. I can't give you yep, a, absolutely. A, a reason. And, and there's an abundance of pictures posted on Reddit of people going and visiting the house saying that they've seen something. So uh, do do go check mm. it out, uh, anyone who's interested. But, yeah, that, that concludes my, my summary, I suppose, of the... The Black Monk of Pontefract. Do reach out. Let us know what you think. You know, it, it it was an interesting story, and I think that it actually took it was a very it took a more like intimate family turn than I because yeah. I, I kind of expected when you said like the Black Monk of Pontefract. I was like, okay, it's gonna be like a haunted abbey, and yeah. like people will have encountered it first. But no, like the fact that it was like this t- one tormented family in like a small house. Exactly. Yeah, it's very just like and all that. It was very yeah, different. It's very kind of um, locked into one specific uh, area. Yeah. Yeah, it's very it's much more like Shirley. Jack- Jackson haunting a pill house. Yes, exactly. It's very, it's very personal. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to this one. I hope everyone has a, a lovely weekend and stay spooky, everyone. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>